right. High schoolers. How you feeling tonight? You guys feeling all right? Just the high schoolers in the house. Um, how many people have ever been to a foreign country? Raise your hand. Any, any country other than the United States? On the count of three, I need you to shout out the answer to what, to what uh, country you've been to. If you've been to multiple, try to shout out as many as you possibly can. All right? One, two, three. How many, how many people have been to more than three? More than three? K-Ray, like, traveled the whole globe last year or whatever. Dang. Here's why I asked that. The people that have been to different countries, question for you. What was different than America? I spent a different language. That kind of goes without saying, unless you go to Canada. Yeah. Some Canadians do speak French, actually. All right, hey, here's why I asked that question. Um, I, I spent three months in Germany. Uh, that was a crazy experience. But when I, first, when I first got there, man, I was so lost. And I, there was a few things, and maybe you've experienced this, but there's a few things that I was like super, super tripped out about. First thing was um, we as Americans are kind of spoiled. Like we have a lot of stuff, okay? I went to this pizza place. Don't ever go to a pizza place in Germany, FYI. Just avoid it. Um, they don't know how to make pizza. They're not... They're closer to Italy than we are, but it's just not going to work. Anyways, so I ordered a large, uh, because I heard that they were smaller size, I ordered a large pepperoni pizza, and they, it comes, and it's like seriously like this big, and the pepperonis are like this big. You know what I mean? There's like two pepperonis on the whole thing, and, and then I'm like, okay, that was kind of weird. Um, that's not really a pepperoni pizza that's a large, but we'll, we'll go with that. And then I was like, yeah, can I please get, what would you like to drink, sir? That took about an hour to even ask me because I didn't understand what he was saying. And uh, he, he said, you know, we finally got like, oh, you mean drink? Okay, yeah, I want a Coca-Cola. And he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, c- give me the biggest one you got. Okay, has anyone ever experienced this? And he comes and he goes, beep. And it's like this little drips of Coca-Cola. A, it's small. And B, there's no ice in it. Okay, has anyone else experienced this? And I'm like, okay. First of all, it's really small. Second of all, is there ice? Frozen water? Ice? Does it, and he's just like, oh, you want ice? And so he brings back two cubes of ice. Bleep, bleep. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, okay? Do these, uh, and, then, and then I said, you know, I drink, you know, eating that big a pizza, you need like at least two of the little pint-sized delias. So I drank one, and then I, you know, waved the guy over, and he came over, and I asked him, you know, can I get another one? And he told me, basically, we're going to charge you. And I was like, wait, what? You're going to charge me? I just, I purchased the soda. I get as many refills as I want. And he laughed. He goes, oh, Americans. Ha, ha, ha. You know what I mean? Like they just like to make fun of you in their language. And he basically tells me there's no free refills. Has anybody ever else tried to get a free refill in a different country and failed miserably? Okay. It sucks because you're so spoiled. Like in and out Burger, you sit there enjoying, you know, fellowship with your friends. And you get like 17 Cokes. You know what I mean? And you come back and you're like, hey, let's get one for the road. And you like fill it up. You know what I mean? That's not how it works. In other countries, uh, I was spoiled as an American, and here's why I believe that. Um, in America, we have a lot of excess, okay? Not only do we have a lot of excess, like just we have a lot of stuff we don't really use, but there's like a million more choices in life, okay? Redbox is the coolest invention ever. Um, I love it. Or Netflix, right? Like that kind of stuff doesn't happen not in America. Maybe in other, some countries, I'm not saying every country, but like you don't just go down to your corner grocery store and like scroll through 100 movies that cost 99 cents and pick a few for the night. That's not how it works. And so in America, we have a lot of choices. Um, how many people have ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? 
My wife and I, it's a great place. My wife and I went on a date to the Cheesecake Factory Friday um, or Thursday, and uh, I counted because I knew it was a lot, but I counted. How many pages do you guys think the menu of Cheesecake Factory is? Anyone want to take a guess? 23, okay? Have you ever been there and been like, man, what do I want? Especially my wife. I'm kind of like this. I, got, I, I have my thing that I just get. Like, I don't even have to look at the menu. It's just like I know what it's going to be. But my wife is like overwhelmed. She like sat back from the table like, what am I going to get? So much. And I'm just kind of looking and just eating bread all the while. You know what I mean? Just pounding like seven loaves of bread. And uh, she flips page after page after page after page of the Cheesecake Factory menu. Let me give you another example. Um, we have a lot of choices. Uh, the other day I was shopping at Walmart with Candace and the kids. I hate that, by the way. Bryce and Avery are like doing their thing and being tyrants. And uh, Candace, she'll show me her list. And I'm overwhelmed because there's like a thousand things on the list. She goes, oh, half of them are in the produce section. And then we're going to go here and we're going to go here. We're gonna... And I'm like super overwhelmed. So I just kind of, hey, hey. Um, can I help at all? Like, you know your deal. You know, your, you know everything. Can I help at all? She said, yeah, just go get toothpaste. I'm like, I can do that. I'm, I'm kind of not like, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I can, go, I can go get toothpaste. And so Bryce and I walk over to toothpaste aisle, and we come, and I'm just like, oh, God. I'm, girls especially, you guys know this because there's like a million girl products. But, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. She told me to get the cheapest, and there's like a 1,000 that have the same price. You got Crest, and they have like 17,000 different Crests. And then you have Colgate and 17,000 different Colgates. And then you have uh, Aquafresh. And then my favorite is AIM. Does anyone use AIM? 88 cents, baby. Go for the AIM, okay? It's just on the very bottom, like, and nobody cares. But I'm like, that's my toothpaste. Nobody cares because it doesn't have a fancy package. It just says AIM. And it's 88 cents. But she, I, I knew we wanted, like, some sensitive whitening, okay, whatever that means. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I go, and I just grab one, and I walk, and, of course, Candace is like, wrong one. Let, let's go back and, and go do the thing. Um, we have tons and tons and tons and tons of choices. How many people have ever taken a multiple-choice test? I'm going to give you just some school smarts here. I don't recommend you take this. Um, it was, I think, my ninth grade year, and I was taking my final exam in one of my classes. And uh, I, I knew, I calculated this, and you probably do this too. Again, I'm not advocating this, just speaking real. Um, I, I knew I could literally not show up for this and still pass. You guys ever thought that? I'm not advocating that. But like, literally, I could get a zero on this, and I could still not get an F in the class. Okay? So I contemplated that, but I said, no, I'll show up. You know, any, even a 10 is better than a zero. And so I showed up and I did what I like to call abacadabba E. Anyone want to try that? No? Here's what I mean. You literally take your little number two pencil on your multiple choice test and uh, you literally scantron. Is that what they still call them anymore? Scantron test. Okay? And that's how my final exam was in this particular class. And so I literally did abacadabba E down the entire thing. Like 150 questions. A, B, A, C, A, D, A, E. Over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, I'm like the first one done. I'm all strutting up in the front of the class like I'm cool. And I put it in like, you're done already? Yeah, don't worry about it. I really studied, like really good. Um, and then I sit down and then that was like the last class. And I just left, like peace, I'm out. You know what I mean? So like, has anyone ever done that? Or am I just a horrible student? Okay, I, don't, again, I'm not advocating it. But next time you look at a Scantron and you're thinking, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere. I want to be anywhere else but right here. Um, if you're willing, abacadabba E. Okay, just do it. Abacadabba E, abacadabba E, abacadabba E, and you're done. Uh, don't do that on your SATs, bad. <laughs> ACT, bad. You will not score well, and colleges will not think highly of you. You guys are all high school students. Um, we're in this series, and we're going to get to why I brought up choices here in a minute. But we're in this series as a church, 
It's called God, I've Got a Question. And hopefully you've been attending the main services where Pastor Vance has been unpacking just some awesome, awesome truth. And today the question that Big Church asked, that's what we call it, by the way, Big Church or main service, um, the question that was asked was, is, is do all religions ultimately lead to heaven? So Pastor Vance, man, he rocked it. If you, if you haven't gone to service yet, go after here. There's one at 6.30. But we're kind of changing it a little bit for refuge. And here's what the question we're asking. Do, does, uh, is Jesus really the only way? Is Jesus really the only way? Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've never heard that. Maybe you're here at church for the first time. I, I was 16. I've never been to church. And I walked into a church and heard this kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. I've never heard stuff like this. Or maybe you've been in church your whole life and you've heard somebody at some point say, Jesus is the only way. So in this message, we're asking the question, is that true? Because ever since sin entered the world, and if you were here last week, man, we talked about that. There's this thing that, that all of us deal with that I think we, we don't, I don't have to convince you that that's true. There's something that all of us deal with, man. We do bad things. We do things we know we shouldn't. It's called sin. And so when sin entered the world thousands of years ago, people from that point were trying to figure out how to fix it. And so all these different religions have come up. And now, right, we know a bunch of religions. If I said, hey, write down five religions, you'd probably be able to write down five. Here's some religions if you don't know what I'm talking about. Islam is a religion, right? Huge religion in the world. Buddhism is a religion. Mormonism is a religion. Jehovah's Witness is a religion. Christianity is a religion. Don't write me off yet, just listen. Christianity can be a religion, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Catholicism can be a religion. All these different things, and people are trying to figure out, and it looks different, and there's different names for God, and there's different names for the guy upstairs, and there's different ways of getting there. But all along, people have been saying, okay, we have this thing that we do, we don't want to do, it's called sin. I, I, man, people tell me not to do something, and I just do it. There's something in me that just goes that way. Why, man, how can I fix this? And so people try to figure it out. And so all along, people are trying to figure out how to get right with God. The question is, man, who's right? Because you can look, man, do, take five minutes on Google and you will be confused. Man, who's right? Is Jesus the only way or is it, or is it Allah? Or is it, you know, is it Joseph Smith and his teachings? Or what is it? And so for teenagers, especially high school students, man, you guys are going to be having to really wrestle with this stuff when you get into college and stuff. I talked about that last week, man. My first day in college, my whole worldview was rocked. Like, do I even know what I believe? And so we thought it'd be very appropriate to talk about, man, is Jesus really the only way? What on earth is right? So we'll talk about it. But first, I want to do something I've never done in Refuge. Um, really, really quick. I want to give away $100. Is that cool with anybody? Everyone's head. That was awesome. Especially like this whole section. They're like probably texting and saying, I don't care. And they're like, what? Money. Uh, so all you need to do to participate is I need you to have a set of keys. Does anybody have keys? First person. Okay, Jeff. All right, Jeff, come on up here, bro. Jeff wins. Jeff wins. <clears throat> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you in this box and cut it in half. Just kidding. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, this message is sponsored by DeWalt. Um, not really. Jeff, here's what I'm going to do, man. Very simple. Very simple. I'm going to put this $100. Just real, right? Let's count it. Like I used to be a bank teller, so let's count it. 20, 40, 60. 85, okay, wow, woo, Coronado, baby, 90, 95, 100, okay, sweet, you don't go to Coronado, you represent Coronado even though no together, I'm going to put it right there, dude, that's yours, okay, that's straight up yours, okay, and all I'm going to do, you have your keys, where are your keys at, all right, 
I'm going to, I'm just going to close this up, okay, and I'm just going to, real quick, um, I'm just going to, what'd you say? Okay, here we go. I'm just going to put this on here, okay? Let me make sure this thing's on there. Okay. Uh, open it and it's yours, bro. Go ahead. No, without, you have to, you can't, you can't break the box. Like, just, do you have your keys? Just, just try your keys and it's yours. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, because you'll break my, that's, that's like real from my house. So I don't want a, a broken toolbox. I don't have a hammer. Try, try your key. Maybe, maybe another key. I don't know. Maybe the other key will work. You only got two keys. Do they work? Why is it not working? Give it up for Jeff, man. He failed miserably. Whoa, hey, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I'm like, dude, this dude, and I'm just going to jump on you like piggyback style and just figure out how to get it off. You just like, you have to swing me off like video game or something. Here's why I do that, right? Kind of corny. Here's the deal. I have, I have the key. This is my lock, my toolbox, my $100. Jeff had a key, or he had some keys, right? I have like 10 keys on here, and, and they look good. They work places, but when I try to put it in to get this, to get what I want, it doesn't work. There's no key except the one that I have. And nobody would ever say, man, Scott, that's really narrow-minded of you. Man, that's crazy that you would expect only one key to open up what you desired in this box. And so for us, as we talk about, is Jesus really the only way? People are going to look at you like you are narrow-minded if you say that's true. But what I want to do is I want to kind of change our perspective. Because here's the truth of tonight. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. But more than that... Man, Jesus Christ is the only satisfying thing in your life. Jesus Christ is the only way to joy. It's not so much, we've kind of, as Christians, we've kind of biffed it, where we've said, man, you want to get to heaven. Heaven's where you want to go when you die. That's it. That's all that life boils down to is, will you go to heaven when you die? But all throughout the Bible, we hear about this thing called eternal life. And it's a lot different than getting to a pearly gate place in the clouds one day. It's a lot more about Jesus. And so when we talk about the key, when we talk about what it means to get into eternal life or to heaven or to, to happiness, joy, real satisfaction, it's not narrow-minded to say there's one way. Especially after we look at what the Bible says about that one way tonight. I love what Pastor Vance said this morning, and you'll maybe catch this in, in the service at, the, uh, at 630. Is there only one way to heaven? Yes, it's Jesus. Are all religions the same? Yes. People are like, wait, what? All religions are the same? What? Here's what he means by that. All religion is man's attempt to get to God. And man, I want you to listen. If you haven't listened to the podcast, you're not going to service this weekend. I want you to listen. Hope Church podcast. I want you to listen to Pastor Vance, our pastor, unpack this. But man, is all religions the same? Yes, because they all start with the wrong assumption. They all start with, I need to get to where I want to go. And I alone can do it. And even Christians do that. There's some Christians that live this life and they think if I could just do enough or be enough or say enough or pray enough or chant enough or go enough, then I will be right with God. But I love what Jesus says because the Jesus that they claim to worship doesn't say that. Jesus says, you can't find me. I'm not lost. I find you. 
And we're going to read a quick story because, as I say, I mean, I want to change our perspective. It's not so much that Jesus is the only way, and that's what we want to major on. Man, Jesus is the only way to heaven, yes. But Jesus is a lot more than just a gate to heaven. Especially for you as high school students, Jesus is a lot more than a key you put in at the end of your life to get to a place that you think is going to be awesome in the clouds with Jesus. He's a lot more than that. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to John chapter 4. We're going to be in a a story just for a few minutes before we end up tonight. And, And I want to keep in mind, God doesn't need to be found. God is in the business of finding There's a story that Jesus tells of a hundred sheep that he has, or a shepherd, I should say. He's telling this parable of a shepherd. There's a hundred sheep, and one of them goes missing. It doesn't say that he just really hopes that that sheep figures out a way to find a road map that sheep can read and find his way back to the shepherd. It says that the shepherd left the 99 sheep that were fine, and he went to find the one. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. It's not sheep figure out how to, you know, it says you're blind. It says you're like sheep without a shepherd running around everywhere. Try to figure out a way to get to God. And so in John chapter 4, we see that Jesus is the one way to God, but he's also a lot more. I'm going to read a lot of verses tonight. It's going to be on the screen. I want you to follow along. Here's what it says in John chapter 4, starting in verse 3. He left, that's meaning Jesus, Judea, and went away again into Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So we came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Translation, Jesus is walking through this city called Samaria, and he comes to this city called Sychar. And it's kind of like a big monument place in the Old Testament. This guy named Jacob, he had a well there. And so Jesus is sitting by this well. It's kind of a landmark place. In verse 7, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who said to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So she said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Translation, Jews and Samaritans didn't talk. That's, that's a cultural no-no. Not only that, but a guy and a girl who weren't married didn't talk in public. That's not how it worked. And so not only is this a weird situation because Jesus is talking as a Jew, is talking to Samaritan, but he's also a guy talking to a girl. And he says to him, or he says to her, hey, give me a drink. And she says, whoa, 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 whoa. You're messing with the whole system. How is it that you are asking me for a drink? And he said, listen, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. Because every time you come to this well, you are going to come up empty. Every time you come to this well, you are not going to find satisfaction. You're going to always have to come back. You're going to fill up your water. You're going to use all your water. You're going to come. You're going to come back to this well. Here's kind of the way I want to illustrate this for you. Some of us, that's our religion. Our religion is this well. Whether you call it spirituality, you call it Christianity, you call it Mormonism, you call it Catholicism, you call it whatever it is. If it's not Jesus and a relationship with him, Jesus says this well is just going to dry up. And so he says, or he's trying to introduce her into a relationship. 
Every time you come here, you're not going to find, you're just going to have to find more water and more water and more water. And you have to keep doing and doing and doing. But I can give you a water, he says, that will create in you a spring that will create living water. So here's the first kind of point. Jesus is not just the only way to heaven. He's a lot more than that. The first thing I want to show you is Jesus is the one who gives grace. He comes to this lady, and we're about to find out a whole bunch of stuff. But he doesn't, it, the Bible doesn't say Jesus was hanging out in his house, and a woman from, from Samaria wanted to find the, the Messiah, so she knocked on his door. But that's how a lot of us treat God. Once you're ready to find God, or you're a mom or dad, or whoever's in your life is ready to find God, they go and we knock on God's door. No, Jesus shows up at this well, knowing full well what was going to happen, and he offers this lady this living water, this relationship. This lady did not go looking for God. God came looking for her. Some of you tonight, I really believe with all my heart, because it happened to me when I was 17, that's you. You got lots of wells in your life that are drying up everywhere. Whether that's the party scene, or that's your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or maybe that's your religion. But you keep coming to that well, and you have to keep coming back, and coming back, and coming back, and carrying all this burden that God never intended you to carry. And God's saying, can I meet you there? Can you stop and realize what's happening? I'm not just the one way to heaven. I'm the one who gives grace. I'm the one who wants to give you living water. People, even your age, search books, and they talk to people. They pay money to have somebody look at their future When you get into college, they trust professors and they put all their hope and thought into what the internet says about God and about the world that we live in and the worldview. And they they, they try so hard to come up with something because something in us just looks for it. And Jesus sits at our well tonight and he says, this is never going to satisfy you. I have living water. He gives grace. So the question for you tonight is, are you, what are you searching for satisfaction in? I don't know you. Only you know you. Is it religion? Are you trying to find so hard? You're trying to work so hard to make God love you. You're trying to find satisfaction in all your work to make God love you. Or are you trying to so run away from God and things that are spiritual that you're throwing your life into a lot of different things that maybe we don't all know about? And you're coming up empty every time. Jesus is the one who gives grace for the Samaritan woman and for you. And tonight he says, stop. I met you here at this well for a reason. Stop. Story goes on, starting in verse 15. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, Go, call your husband. This is where it gets like, you know, Jerry Springer. It's crazy. Call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. This you have said truly. So Jesus knows exactly what's happening. He wants to give this lady grace, but he also wants to give this lady the truth. And so he says, Okay, I'll give you the living water. She says, Oh, I want that, man. Give that to me. He says, Okay, go get your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. You know, she's trying to, shh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, you know, creator of the universe, is like, oh, you're right. Uh, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with right now, you haven't, you're, you're not married to him. You're living an adulterous life. <sighs> Whoa. Maybe you read that, and you're like, man, why did Jesus do that? That's kind of messed up. I mean, he, he's talking about living water, and we're talking about all this grace that God gives. Man, why does Jesus have to throw that in your face like that? Here's why I believe Jesus does that. It's because we don't realize how gracious and awesome God is till we realize there's a lot of sin and a lot of stuff in us that God can make clean. 
It's just like you don't take a shower unless you realize you're dirty. And so he has to put his finger in her life and say, I know about this. Jesus is not just the one way to heaven. He's the one who gives grace. And the second thing tonight is he is the one who is the truth. Listen, don't think there's not a point in your life where you come to and you realize you need God, but you don't realize why you need God. If you're a Christian here tonight, man, you've realized, man, I need God. Why do you need God, man? Because I am dirty. I am messed up. I was never intended to carry all this burden that I'm carrying. And so tonight, Jesus puts his finger on our life, and he says, what is that for you? A lot of us don't have five husbands or five wives, but what is that for you? Is it five insecurities, five pains, five things that you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing? What is the five for you? Or maybe it's one, or maybe it's three, or maybe it's ten. But the things you know, man, if I had to get right with God and we were sitting in a well and he offered me this grace, and I tried to say, give me that, God, he would say, do this first. We must recognize the need we have for Jesus before we realize how good his grace is. And any Christian who's been walking with God long enough can tell you, man, that's true. Every day I walk with God more and more, I realize how much more I need him. And some of you guys haven't reached that point yet. You don't realize you need God, so you haven't accepted God, and you haven't let him pursue you and find you, so you just keep running. And your well will continue to run dry until you stop, you deal with the stuff in your life, and you give it all to Jesus. John 14, 6, I love this. Pastor Vance read this this morning, kind of his main text. says that I am, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So what are those things in your life tonight? Listen, I'm not saying, man, God, you better, you better watch out. Better not make it too bad. If it's too bad, God's not going to accept it. No, it's not that. But we, there needs to be a time in our life when we realize how much we need God before we can take the forgiveness and the grace of God. Nothing you've ever done is too bad for God. Hear me on that. It wasn't like he was throwing these five or six husbands in this lady's face and saying, go deal with that before you come to me. He said, no, I want, you to show, I want to show you how much you need me, and so I'm going to put my finger in this area of your life. So what is that area for you? We all got them. I got them. When I first came to Grips, man, I told you the story. Eight months, I sat in church, and for eight months, God was putting his finger on areas of my life. My five husbands, my five areas, those areas that I knew, man, I don't know if I need God yet. And he started putting his finger on those areas. Okay, wow, I can't do this. I was never created to do this. The story goes on in verse 19. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming where neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. He talk, goes on to talk about the Messiah and all that kind of stuff. And in verse 25, she says, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When that one comes, he will declare these things. And he said to him, or he said to her, I who speak with you are, it is him. He says, it's me. This whole time, this is the point, I'm the one. 
And I love in verse 19, as we're talking about religion, in verse 19 and 20, she goes back to religion. She goes, whoa, 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 you know, that's not talking about my husband. Let's talk about your Jews over here. You guys worship this. And us Samaritans, we worship this. And this is why we're kind of having this issue is because we are kind of thinking different things. She, she plays the religion card. And Jesus says, listen, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. And that's Christianity. We don't worship a God who we believe just kind of does some things and we come to him when we need things and we leave him when we don't need things. We come to a God and we know a God who we have a relationship with that we know. And I love that he paints that picture. She goes to religion. You guys are over here. We got our religion. You got your religion. Jesus says, wipe all that. You worship what you do not know. And here's what all these things are going to unfold in the world. She goes, I know the Messiah is coming. He said, no, you're missing the whole point. I'm here right now in your midst. I don't believe Jesus put these stories in the Bible for us to say, ah, it's you know, cute story, that's cool. No, I believe that this is a proverbial well here tonight. And some of you guys need to hear the grace of God. Some of you guys need to come to grips with the truth of God. And some of you guys need to be invited in like this lady. Here's the last one. Jesus is the one who invites us in. He's not just the, just the only way to heaven. And we gotta stop looking at Jesus as the big key in the universe. Don't really got to do anything with him. As long as I'm right with Jesus on that deathbed, I'm good. Man, Jesus is a lot more than some key to get into the clouds. He's the one that gives grace. He's the one that is the truth. And he's the one that is inviting you in. Not just your mom, not just your brother or sister, not just your best friend, you. We worship what we know. I'm going to ask the band to come up. As we close tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to ask you a question only you can answer. The question is this. Have you accepted his invitation? Following Jesus is not about what you can do. We already talked about that. It's not about, man, as long as I get this right. No, following Jesus is not just about all the stuff you can do. It has nothing to do with you except that God came to you. Following Jesus is about a relationship. And I love what Pastor Vance quoted today in, in the sermon. He, he quoted Isaiah chapter 59. Here's what Isaiah 59 says. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned you away and will not listen anymore. This isn't talking about, we got to start etern, uh, internalizing this. This isn't talking about your mom or your dad. This is talking about you. Because of your sin and my sin, man, from birth, I'm separated from God. Just like this lady before she hit the well, that one day with Jesus, she was separated from God. And she comes to this well and meets Jesus, meets the creator of the universe. And here's what happens tonight, is that Jesus 2,000 years ago came and met you. He died on a cross. He did for you what you could never do of yourself. First Timothy says, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message of God to the world at just the right time. Jesus didn't just die for your mom or your dad. Jesus didn't just die for your best friend who's a Christian. Jesus died for you. So go ahead and bow your heads for me.
does that land on you tonight? Again, don't think, man, my best friend really needed to hear this message tonight. They need grace. They need truth. How's that land on you? What is your relationship with God right now? Are you far from that? You're like, man, I I thought it was all about what I could do. Or are you like, man, I don't care about God. I don't give a rip. My friend invited me here tonight. It is your sins that have cut you off from God. But he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And man, if you need have questions about that, if you you don't know what happened tonight, you're like, dude, I don't. It was a whole lot of craziness, a half an hour of stuff that I didn't understand. Man, I want to talk to you because I was in that boat eight years ago. I had a lot of questions about this God. And maybe tonight you realize, man, I need some grace. I can't do this alone, man. You, you hit that nail right on the head. I can't do this alone. I want to pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song. Man, if that's you, I want to talk to you. If you're not comfortable doing that, you can fill out the connection card and, and check the box that says, I want to speak to somebody about a relationship with Jesus.